Want to stream cognitive dissonance to your Android or iPhone? Buy the app. Go to dissonancepod.com and click on the link on the right-hand side of the page. Each purchase helps support the show. Next week is our 100th episode. You may or may not have heard about that yet, uh, and we may or may not mention it in this upcoming show here. And we want to give you an opportunity, if you'd like, to participate in our 100th episode. So we are going to open the phone lines to everyone. You can call us at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Leave us a message on our voicemail, a brief message. That message could wish us a hundredth, a happy hundredth, that sort of thing. Possibly there'll be a few glory holes in there. Uh, if you wanted, this would be a perfect opportunity. If, say, you had a podcast or a blog and you wanted to plug it, you could say, hey, I'm X from so-and-so podcast and we'd like to wish Cognitive Dissonance all happy hundredth, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to mix a few of these together for next week's intro. So if you're interested in participating, you can call us up. You could also do a voice memo on your phone and send that to us uh, via email. Anything brief is almost certainly going to be mixed together. So uh, feel free to call us or send us voicemails, and we will try to put together something for next week's show that's a little special. And we hope that you'll take part in it. And thanks for sticking with us for 100 episodes. Um, you know, G.K. Chesterton said that the doctrine of original sin is the only one in which we have three and a half thousand years of empirical evidence to back up. Clearly, we need faith as a component, and it's just silly to, to say otherwise. Um, you know, the age of, of uh, enlightenment and reason gave way to moral relativism, and moral relativism is what led us all the way down the dark path to the Holocaust. And I saw, I just got back from Jerusalem, where I saw Yad Vashem, which is the Holocaust uh, Museum there, where there was thousands and thousands of shoes of little children yeah. who died in that one and a half million. Dark periods of history is what we arrive at when right. we leave God out of the equation. Now, Penny, we should point out that this National Day of Reason was created by the American Humanist Association, mm -hmm. an atheist organization. Uh, it was created to uh, raise awareness about government threats to religious liberty and to up the profile of the non-religious community. Well, what's troubling to some, though, is that they would, you know, they would uh, take the National Day of Prayer and then essentially co-opting it uh, by saying, okay, it's also a National Day of Reason. It looks like they're just trying to get some publicity to get us talking about it. Well, and they succeeded. Here we are. But what a great opportunity to talk about the difference. You know, John Adams said that our Constitution be depended on a moral and religious pe people. By contrast, Mao said that morality arrives at the muzzle of a gun. We must have faith in God in order to arrive at the very things they want to do. They want to contend for their beliefs, and I support that. Welcome to the argument. We think our ideas are better. advise that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. is cognitive dissonance 
Every episode, we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome, Matt. This is the Luft Balloons episode. <laughs> It is. It totally oh, is. Cognitive distance. Oh. That would be episode 99. 99. I know nothing. <laughs> and see, so I think it is fair to say that we can we can kind of let the cat out of the bag a little bit. We've got some, some kind of exciting stuff lined up for our 100th episode, which we're going to have uh, a Buddhist and a Muslim, and they're going to fight it out on the air. We're going to record it, and, and they're fighting to the death. It's, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. One, which which one of them has the midget on his shoulders controlling him? I keep forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, little person. Little I didn't person. Want to be. I didn't want to be. <laughs> He's a little guy. He's very small. <laughs> and they'll both be riding puppies. Yeah. They'll just be riding puppies like battle cats. No. <laughs> <laughs> that puppy doesn't move very much. It just sort of just, sits there, crushed underneath an entire person. Puppy. Yeah, this, this is the worst decision. And it's there's not a lot to listen to at that point. Right? <laughs> as, as, as audio it's not like they're goes. jousting or anything. It's just a dead puppy underneath. The listeners them. are like, "This isn't compelling audio yeah, at no, all." It's, no, there's like nobody narrating the action yeah. whatsoever. It's just mic'd. It's just yeah, it's just mic'd. That's it. So you just hear a faint whisper and a thud. It should be That's exciting. The, it should be exciting. It's just going to be a sad podcast about us complaining. Wait, that's, that's every week. That's the same. It's <laughs> the same format. We're so going expect, same. Expect the exact same thing next week. So, Cecil, this first story. Is from Huffington Post. Bangladesh protests calling for stricter Islamic laws leave 15 dead and 50 injured. There are photos of incredible violence. Like, oh, my God. The photos from this thing, if you click over to them, it's just when you're when you're calling for like, hey, we, we got to follow this religion. And if you disagree, we will raise this motherfucker to the ground like that is basically Bangladesh. Bangladesh offers nothing of appeal to me. Oh, my like, gosh. I mean, 200,000 protesters, 200,000 people God. thought it was a good idea to march and be, like, very violent, very violent. I mean, was, there's, there's a couple of pictures of people bloody, like, getting dragged away from the protest. You know when – you know it's a bad protest when the police have shotguns and they're using them? You know what I mean? Like, right. and they, so they're not just holding right. them. They're not just, like, demonstrating that they could yeah. shoot. Yeah. These aren't just intimidation shotguns. Yeah, these aren't let's look right. shotguns. This is this is not these a are... uh, it's not like a like a like a dime store mannequin shotgun. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, some of these it's... photos are fucking apocalyptic. You know, I'm not <laughs> kidding. Like, <laughs> I know it's fucking like look walking at, look dead. Look at photo five on on, on, on this thing, real yeah. quick, Cecil. Yeah, that shit seriously does look like Walking Dead. It is apocalyptic it's a burnt out street with like fire and shit everywhere and like one straggler yeah look at look at 10 look at 10 it's the same goddamn street except for it has two guys with guns on it instead of one. Oh my god 
And then 12, 12 is like a bus. It's the bus they used in the fucking, in the Dawn of the Dead. I know, it's right? It's everything but the chainsaws. <laughs> it's, it, this is insane. And the, when the one thing that I, I think, you know, the point that I think everyone should drive home here is that when people say, oh, it's just the extremists that ruin it for everybody. You guys, you atheists, all you guys talk about are the extremists. Well, you know what? There, right. there aren't a lot of extremists out there. There are just not a lot of extremists. How many times have you fucking heard that, Tom? There, I know. There's just You're, not a lot of extremists. Well, let me fuck right. I could count 200 fucking thousand of them right now. You know, they're, they're protesting in the street. Um, and they're not extremists, right? They're a couple hundred thousand, a quarter million moderates burning down their own city. Setting fire to buses. They're just moderates. Even if they are just moderates, I watched the fucking Vancouver riots, and there were people trying to stop those people when they were rioting. So where are the right. moderates here saying, whoa, 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 all we really want to do is mandate Islam for everybody. We don't want to burn anything. Well, and, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a pretty moderate stance um, for them to chant, one point, one demand, atheists must be hanged. That is a moderate, a moderate position. It's to a take. moderate position. It's centrist. Yeah. I mean, that really is what that and is. That, That's just right down the middle. That fucking argument makes me so mad when people say it. They're like, "Oh well, you know, it's just like it's just like one or two people in the United States that are the total assholes," and you guys think everybody's like that. And you're like, "No, there's a voting block of people in the United States right. that are complete assholes. There is a, you know, there's it's not it's more than a voting block here. It's a fucking mob of people that want Islam as, you know, they want to make sure that that's fucking that that is enforced by other, and, and you're saying you're saying that that's a moderate position. That's not a moderate position. That the very fact that they want to make sure that it's a state law is no longer a moderate position, okay? That you have transcended fucking moderate it by you know leaps and you have Paul fucking vaulted right over moderate. You're just like I'm gonna go into the fucking stratosphere <laughs> past moderate. Yeah, I can't even believe it when people say that shit. And that's the shit that makes me crazy. Is that is that all the people? That's all they want to talk about is is how we're pointing out the you know only the worst. We're not talking about at any point the the normal everyday Joe who's the you know normal Islam guy. And maybe you're right, but you know what like. That's the no true Scotsman bullshit. You, you, you can't pretend it's just some ultra vocal minority. You know, you, you just you just don't get to pretend that. Not when you've got an entire country like Saudi yeah. Arabia, which doesn't even have a right. system of laws. Right. right. Like they don't have laws. They don't pass laws. It's just like the Quran is their laws. You don't get to say like, well, you know, that's just you know, it's it's just a really vocal small group of people or, you know, it's just a small group of people that commits these acts of violence or it's just a small group of people. If, if it was that small of a group of people, they wouldn't be this influential. Right. You know, if they were small that small groups of people, if they were that small time, you could have somebody surround them like they do the Westboro Baptist Church. Right. That's a small but vocal right. group. Right. And and they are fucking unbelievably irrelevant. The Ku Klux Klan is bigger than the Westboro Baptist Church. They're a small, less vocal than they used to be, but they're a small vocal group. They're fucking marginalized. Like, they're, they're looked down on by, by the rest of civilized society. They're not... They don't get to play with the big kids, right? You know, if the entire Ku Klux Klan showed up and was like, we're going to march, they couldn't do this kind of damage. There's not 200 fucking thousand people showing up in one place, like, in just... Like filling the fucking city square and burning shit. 
there there are 13 point list of demands includes uh, a pledge to Allah in the Constitution, the end to gender mixing and mandatory Islamic education. That shit is that's that's like fucking medieval times shit. I mean, it really is. Like, you may as well fucking get on a horse and joust and, like, have, like, a fucking turkey leg with grease dribbling down your chin. You should should stop calling your laws laws and start calling them ye old laws. (laughs) Hey, Hammurabi had some great ideas. Let's go back. Bangladesh, you know, it's funny, Cecil, because, you know, about once a week I post something from Bangladesh. And about once a week you and I are like, eh, no. Yeah, it just doesn't make the cut. It just doesn't. But Bangladesh looks like the worst possible place to live. I I can't imagine anything that could draw me right now to Bangladesh. Bangladesh, they could. Bangladesh could call me on the phone. Like, hey, it's Bangladesh. Like, wow, all yeah, it's all of. Ba- we would like to give you all the money in Bangladesh. Be like, mm, no, I'm good here. I'm okay. Can you yeah. send it? Can you wire it over? You're right. I give you my <laughs> yeah, I'm a Nigerian number. prince. Can you just wire that shit to me? <laughs> you know, one, the only people I could think that would want to go to Bangladesh are the people who are training for those Iron Man competitions or like those like zombie races that we have over here. Right. Like those are the only people I would because they're training. Like that's it. Like they're training for like the warrior dash or something. Dude, it's the running of the bullshit. The of the bullshit. You, got, you got to go down the street. They got like all this fucking mob of yahoos yeah. screaming out about a hanging atheist. Oh, gosh. And what a- making sure men folk and women folk don't get to talk to each other. Fucking wackadoos. A long black cock, long black cock. A long black cock, long black cock. This story comes from brisbentimes.com.au. Why can't they just use .com? Why do they have to specify? They're not allowed to. They're not? Oh, no. Take that, fuckers. (laughs) I I, I just made that up. I don't know. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, West Pawpaw's youth are being uh, removed to Islamic religious schools in Java for re-education. I love love when the headline, by the way, for an article says... Writes Michael Bachelard. Like, he's not content with just having, no. like, his name and It's like and Tyler Perry's uh, Class Times by Tyler Perry starring Tyler Perry. I don't know if you've ever seen <laughs> right? all his stuff. It has to have his name on it. Like, Tyler Perry has to be, like, starring Tyler Perry by Tyler Perry for Tyler Perry. Key grip, Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry. Best boy, Tyler Perry. <laughs> Catering, Tyler Perry. <laughs> Catering promotional consideration provided by Tyler Perry. <laughs> Guests of Tyler Perry stay at Tyler Perry. (laughs) It's so crowded. (laughs) But uh, in in Indonesia's far eastern province of West Pawpaw, um, basically these these Islamist uh, assholes are luring away poor rural children by offering them a free education. They're basically like, hey – You've got no way to give your children a good life, a good education. Let us have your children. We'll send them off to boarding school, basically, and give them an education, which these rural people are, you know, they they don't have other means. They don't have another way to educate their children. These are very uh, impoverished people. And and these kids end up going not to like a a school like you and I would think of it, but they end up in these fucking hellhole madrasas. Um, where they're basically just 
indoctrinated into a fundamentalist Islamic culture. It's it's a fucking it's it's get them while they're young, meaning like you actually steal them while they're young. Yeah. Just, yeah. just take them. It's like religious kidnapping. It is. I mean, it's like and like when I was reading this, I kept thinking, uh, you know, what a devious way to get people to fall into your fold by promising them a way out of poverty and then basically keeping them in poverty and meeting a quota. Yeah, that's I mean, and and this is like these people like the the people in West Pawpaw are not by and large already Islamic and they're just going to an Islamic school that's maybe a little more radical right. or fundamentalist. Right. This is this is an area that is predominantly Christian. It was it was settled by uh, I think it was the Dutch. Um, <clears throat> let me see. It says in here the Dutch and the Germans. So Dutch and German missionaries brought the Christian religion. Thanks Dutch and Germans uh, to this area. So this area has a Christian tradition. So they already have a faith tradition, and they're just basically saying like, "Your kids like fucking hungry." You're poor. Want them to have a decent life? We'll just spit on your your religious institution, your religious traditions as a people, as a culture, as a family. Right, right. We'll take your we'll physically take your kids and teach them how to think something else. Because that's not Temple of Doom. <laughs> like, these kids seriously are going to end up like like Kalima Shakti, like reaching in, you know, like. <laughs> Missa Jones, Missa Jones. <laughs> they like they rescue these kids. They all have like bloody hands and beating hearts. Right, right. And working in coal mines, like sweaty, fucking dirty ass coal mines. Like, like it's it would be that would be more more humane. Than what is happening. <laughs> Like when a fictional movie about uh, the torture of an entire people is more humane <laughs> than what is actually happening, we really need to fucking refocus, I think. Right. And it's not like these kids are treated well. Like on the no. on the airplane, just on the just just talking about like just just transporting the kids. Like they already start abusing the kids before they arrive at the school. <clears throat> it says it took 2 days for the plane to reach Jakarta and we were not fed or offered drinks. How the fuck can you take an airplane in Indonesia and not give people a water? Like that does it take two days? What did it float there? I, oh, like, I don't know. Man. What plane takes two days to go anywhere? What did it stay on the runway for a day and a half before it left to go somewhere? Can you imagine any other part of the world where you're like, you're like, now boarding flight to New York uh, will arrive Wednesday? Like fucking what time? Yeah. We're not given times. <laughs> No, we're no, no, dates. we're not that optimistic. Right. It's your flight <laughs> times is- times are for people who know when they're going to get places. <laughs> Will there be drinks on them? No. No. Sit down and shut up. No. You can't even buy a drink. Yeah, shut up. Not going to happen. You know, and they're like hitting these kids on the bottom of their feet with rattan sticks and shit. I mean, they're just they're just like abusing kids. They're just yeah. they're they're selling their kids for free. I mean, they're just giving their kids away to these fucking well, lunatics. With hopes of a better life, though. You know what I mean? Like that, you can't. It's, you can hardly blame no, them because yeah, they don't the know. Fault. Yeah, they don't know. They're they're not. 
they're not saying, well, yeah, you can take my kid. Or, what do you got? Seven, eight bucks? Sounds good. You know, they're not like trading no. them. They're saying this kid can have a good life. This kid can go somewhere, make something of themselves after they come back. Yeah, maybe they're learning a different religion or they're learning this religion that I'm not, you know, crazy about. Or, you know, maybe they're learning an, an elevated level of the religion that I already believe. But I don't care so much as long as they come back with you know a work ethic and um, the skills and intelligence to make sure that they're going to better themselves in life and i you know i recognize that that's probably what the parents are thinking i'll trade that off i'll trade off this time with my child to make sure that they have an opportunity later on but instead it's just like like they said that instead of learning they're really just learning about religion yeah they're not getting you know they're it's not like they're taking the fucking act you no. know, it's not like they're coming back like, I got a 34, I'm going to, you know, no, that's not happening. Instead, it's yeah, like, no. I can recite, I, I memorize some shit from a fucking old book. I can chant really well. My chanting, like my chanting 101 went extraordinarily well, but I'm a totally different person than the person that you left behind. And some of the kids died. Just, just throwing that out there. Some of the kids, they don't make it. So. Just a few of them. Well, you yeah, know. it's, I mean. Shock day. that's all I'm saying. You got to sacrifice to the volcano. It's Joe versus the volcano. The volcano wins. Every time. Every time. The volcano's like, really? Me versus Joe? Like, Joe's the best you can like, give me? Like, you guys do realize I'm a volcano, right? Like, Mayweather has fought 44 fights and you're giving me Joe? <laughs> right? I got Joe. Like, what's, what's Joe got? Because I basically fart lava. <laughs> That's I, I can shoot a rock yeah, nearly right. into outer space. Yeah. Several ton rock. What can Joe do? Oh. Nothing? Joe's just a flesh? <laughs> mm. Mm. Okay. I got this. <laughs> I, kinda, I wouldn't put this on the marquee, guys. It's not gonna be very long. Yeah. It's not gonna be a long fight. Let's go over the stats real quick. Okay, reach volcano. Yeah. Uh, weight class volcano definitely He's got a 700 foot reach advantage. <laughs> We've got Joe weighing in at 187 pounds versus the volcano at several billion tons. <laughs> Immeasurable. Right. Joe has. We couldn't find a big enough scale and it melted everyone we put underneath <laughs> it. Volcano is also connected to the mantle of the earth. <laughs> yeah. You're as committed to safe sex as you are those abs. I know you're all about that abstinence thing, you know, but I mean, come on, be Palin. Are you serious? Like, you're not going to hook up with, like, before you're married? For real. For real. For real, for real? For real, for real, for real. So this story comes from the Friendly Atheist blog. Um, this story, Elizabeth Smart and the case against Christian abstinence education. Um, Elizabeth Smart was kidnapped, raped for nearly a year when she was 14. Um, she said, and this is horrifying, that uh, she never thought about running away from her captor despite having opportunities to do it. Part of the reason that she was uh, afraid was that after she was raped, um, because of her uh, extreme fundamentalist abstinence-only education, she felt so dirty and so filthy um, that she didn't see a point in running away. She felt basically that she had been ruined, that she would be exiled, um, that she wouldn't be welcomed back into a community of people after having been sullied against her will by her rapist, which just enabled her further abuse. Yeah, I mean, and this is this is horrific, but I think that this is a glimpse that you get a chance to see from a perspective of a woman 
who is involved in something like this, something so heinous as to be kidnapped and then raped. And there was a recent case, just very recently, some kids got away from somebody in Cleveland that they were kidnapped and held against their will for 10 years and they were raped, uh, you know, repeatedly or whatever. I mean, like, it's just, you know, that sort of thing is a horrific experience. And to see it from her eyes basically saying, I had already given up the moment I was raped. And I know that the parents who instill this into their child are not thinking ahead to something like this. What they're thinking is, I would like to stop my child from having premarital sex. So in order to do that, I will say things to make them avoid that choice, to make them think that that choice is the least desirable choice. But they don't realize that that sort of thing has repercussions, that that is a, that kind of speech, that kind of uh, indoctrination, if you will, is going to change somebody's mind and change somebody's outlook on themselves. And, you know, it has some serious repercussions here in this case because she obviously had opportunities to slip away. There's a part of this story that, uh, that uh, Hammond winds up linking to. Um, if you look at the bottom, it's premarital sex is like being a, a dirty glass of drinking water. And this person was presenting at, at a, you know, whatever, a, a assembly or whatever, and they had given people water. And then they told them to take some of the food that they had and, and put it like put some of their food that they've been eating in this water and then exchange water with someone else and be like, would you want to drink that? And then compare that with someone who had premarital sex. And you're like, well, when you give the children these visuals, this chewed up gum metaphor or the, uh, the, the dirty food metaphor, you're basically reinforcing that premarital sex is a, is a dangerous thing and makes them downcast. And, and then they don't come forward when they're raped. They don't come forward when there's incest. They don't come forward when these bad things happen. Well, and you've got to look at this and just say like the uh – the premarital sex is like being a, wa- a chewed up wad of gum. Um, it's just inaccurate because you can only chew the gum once and gum loses its flavor. Right. You can fuck gum right. like all day. But I've never met a woman oh, that lost her flavor. I've never met a woman either who's like, ah, you already did that once. I'm done. Like, yeah. that's, that has never yeah, happened. Right. Like your analogy, clearly you are not well versed in the sex. Like, well, it's yeah. not like you're like, mm, you want to have sex again? Mm, no, I'm a wadded up piece of gum. What, what the fuck would I want to do that? Who wants to? I mean, like, you don't like fuck a woman and stick her under the table. Like, that's not, that's not <laughs> how that works. I like, yeah, I had sex with that person, so I just like, like pressed her up against the underside of the table at Burger King and left her there. Yeah, like, that's not <laughs> how that works. It's well, admittedly, some people do do that. <laughs> Um, but they go to jail for that. Yeah, so, right. you know, I mean, they go to jail eventually. I just I agree. I think that it's it's a terrible analogy. I also think it's a terrible thing to say, even if it was, you know, even if there was something to it. I still think it's a terrible thing to say because you're you're preventing your child from from, you know, coming to you during the bad times. And I think, you know, putting those stops in there is not a good way to raise a child. Oh, uh, Really? So. So wait a minute. Hold on. I just want to make sure that I have your position here on record. So you're saying that it is a bad idea to teach a shame-first sex education program. You, th- you, you think that's a bad call? I would be in the minority in this country, right, but yeah, you, yeah uh, I think, uh, yeah, think it's a crazy? bad idea. Isn't that crazy that like we yeah. had a president who's like, let's go with shame. Like, let's yeah. – what we definitely want to – because – that's going to lead to a lifelong happiness too, right? Like that way, even when you when you do break out of that like 
you know, when you start having sex after marriage. If the whole time that, you, that you've been a person living in the world, you've had this idea that sex is this dirty, filthy, uh, un, you know, unpleasant, unnatural sort of urge and you should ignore it. And how the hell are you then supposed to make that transition to, oh, I'm married. Now I can have a healthy, happy sexual life and be a, you know, fully functioning healthy sexual being like you're that dirty glass of water analogy instilled in children sits there you know it it sits there and it is like a then like a dirty glass of water in the mind you know like it's got to get that shit's got to get cleared out and putting this into the minds of kids it's just like well i want to make sure that you're never satisfied i want to make sure you always feel bad about yourself oh man that'll work kids love that Abortions for all. Very well. No abortions for anyone. Hmm. Abortions for some. Miniature American flags for others. So this story is from Alternet.org. Why a safe, tiny little pill scares the hell out of prude Christian conservatives. Um, this is an article regarding uh, Plan B and the uh, conservative opposition to Plan B in it. And a lot of it boils down to if we give girls Plan B, they're all going to have sex with everybody indiscriminately all of the time because the only thing, as we all know, holding women back from uh, engaging in sex just rampantly and indiscriminately is a fear of pregnancy. So you get rid right. of that. And uh, even teenage girls, prepubescent girls, according to this article, preteen girls, will immediately just start fucking. Well, yeah. I mean, they want to use that gum up as soon as they possible. they got to chew it up. And the reason why is, I mean, juicy fruit does not keep its flavor. <laughs> it just does not, no matter what you do. Uh, I, I think the other thing that this does, this is really interesting because they want people to sign for it, right? So, like, what they're asking you to do is they have – they have to basically give their name if they'd like to get this stuff. And what that really does, and there's a great point in the article here because they, they list what it really does. What, 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 what does this serve? And one of the major things here is male control of female sexuality. It's absolutely true. Right. You know, I mean, right. like that's absolutely true. And the idea that we would, we would look at people and say, okay, well, men – can fucking spill their seed wherever they want, however they want, whenever they want, and get fucking high-fived afterward. You know what I mean? Like, when you were in high school, if you came back and said, dude, I totally did fucking, you know, whatever, yeah. some girl, sure. you know, Jilly, I banged her last week, you'd be getting fucking high-fived all weekend. You know what I mean? Be like, oh, man, you're the right. man, you're the yeah, man, sure. you're the man. But they wouldn't be like, did you, I mean, were you protected? Right. Nobody's asking you that. <laughs> Nobody's like, hey, man, we, you know, did you play it safe? Right. You know, did you safe sex? Everybody, how are we going to fist bump as long as you had a condom on, right? <laughs> no, they're not going to do that. They don't care because men, men are fucking, they have the absolute 100% freedom to ejaculate wherever they please in our culture. Just like, you know, it, on things, in things, whatever they want to do, and nobody cares. It's like a garden but sprinkler. Just it like, really just like. is. It's totally. I mean, it is like it is like a fucking fire hose. Like a, it's actually like like if you don't hold the tip, the the thing just flips around. You know, it's like. But but the idea is is like women are not allowed that same right at all. Right. They have the consequences of sex that they have to carry with them. If they happen to do it on the right day, I mean, it's 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 the right day of the month. 
guess what? Or and it's actually it's not just a day. It's you know there's a there's a period of time there of that if they have sex, they will have a child. And they have to carry that around with them. So we don't offer them the, the, the same get out of jail free card that men already have. And the idea, the idea that you would make people have to go sh- get shamed by their parents or shamed by the pharmacist, this is bleeding into the last story. Well, right. And, you know, columnist in, in this article, columnist Kathleen Parker says, as long as there's an exit, whether abortion or plan B, What's the incentive to await mere maturity? Well, I don't know, because immature girls don't want to have sex. Like, it, by and large, it's not, this is a problem that's not a problem. And the article points this out. This is a, this is a solution in search of a problem, right? This, I mean, this article is the, the outcry from the conservatives. It's an outcry against a phenomenon that is, by and large, not occurring. Um, sure. You know, Teen sex is not the, um, you know, rampant, crazy bullshit that uh, that they would have you believe on Fox News that it is. Um, you know, they, they said that uh, in, in this article, 11 uh, year olds, um, it's less than one percent of 11 year olds have had sex for 12 year olds. The number is two to four percent. The 11 year olds um, is almost exclusively non consensual. For 12-year-olds, the number is 2 to 4%. I mean, it, we're talking statistically insignificant. Um, by 15, it's 13%. Um, it's, it's actually going um, up. Teens are waiting longer than they used to. Um, but abstinence-only education means that although teens are actually, by and large, waiting longer, this whole, like, prepubescent uh sex-crazed orgy fantasy middle school nonsense that's been drummed up and, and sold to people as this uh, epidemic that's sweeping the nation, just it just frankly isn't true. It's not true, but, yeah. But we've got people getting pregnant, and, like, and it's fine. Like, if, if these girls get pregnant, they're not in a position – it's not fine. They're, they're not in a position financially, emotionally, socially, educationally – um, to take care of, by and large, to take care of a baby. So these children end up um, having higher rates of poverty, learning uh, disabilities and learning problems, uh, health complications, criminality, and then teen pregnancy. So it's a cycle. Right. It's, a, it's, a, it's a cycle. And that cycle is, is easy enough. We have the technology, right? This is a technological issue um, that is being absolutely hamstrung by religious conservative ideologies that get in the way. You know, you're talking about how men have this freedom. Women have this freedom through technology. Absolutely, they and do. Yeah. To hold that back, it's like it's like you know what this is, Cecil. This is not putting seatbelts in cars, right? No, only for, only for men though. You're putting them right. in for it's men. It's like saying like, well, women shouldn't be driving anyway, so we're not going to put seatbelts in cars for girls. Right. right. And you know, if they get in an accident, well, fuck you. You shouldn't have been driving. So, you know, hey, hey, it's not my fault. I didn't crash. I didn't crash your car. You crashed your car. Why were you driving in the first place? That's no way to treat a society. That's no way to treat a gender. That's not, you know, like you go back to like, like I, I know you and I both were fans of uh, Sam Harris's book. You know, you, you, we talk about like, you know, the greatest good for, for all people. Like Sam Harris is talking about, like these are knowable answers, right? This yeah. is a knowable Quantity, like you can quantify this. We can do this. This math is is doable. We know this isn't the way to build a better society. 
And we still do this. We're just like, eh, yeah. we'll North Carolina that shit and see what happens. So we're going to take a break and give you all the information you need to contact us through various mediums, including Sylvia Brown. And we'll return in just a moment to ruin the rest of the show. <laughs> Want to contact Cognitive Dissonance? Visit them on Facebook. You can find the link at the website dissonancepod.com or type it in the Facebook search bar. Be sure to follow the guys on Twitter. Their handle is at dissonance underscore pod. The guys also post to Google Plus now, too, so check them out there. And if you'd like to email them, you can do so at dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. You can also leave a comment on the blog at their webpage or give them a call at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Long-distance rates apply. And to everyone who listens, shares, retweets, or rates the show, Cognitive Dissonance would like to cordially thank you for all of your fucking support. So this story comes from the Moral Compass blog. Self-styled rabbi treated possessed, in quotes, children with suffocation, burning, hammers, knives. (sighs) Hammers? Hammers? Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Because nothing says, get out, devil, like a good hammering. This this is a dude who's seriously, like, I read this, my first thought was like, well, when all you've got to hammer, every problem's a nail. You just walk around (laughs) like, well, I got me a hammer. I want to laugh. I want to laugh, but they gave someone fucking mental fucking damage, like permanent brain damage, by beating them in the head with a hammer. What the fuck is this fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre? What is happening here? You gave someone, you retarded someone. You retarded them. I know. But, you know, to be fair, let's be perfectly fair. He was a self-styled rabbi. Oh, that's right. So he he had the authority as granted by himself. Oh. So it's it's like imagine imagine if you were getting married and like the the clergy person said, you know, by the power vested in me, conveniently enough by me. Yeah. <laughs> I now pronounce you him with a hammer. <laughs> Whack. And he just Yeah, uh we got this uh the thing about this article that I that I I mean it's 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 stomach turning. It I mean it really is stomach turning. I was reading part of this. I'm going to read it here. It says, the chilling and gruesome child abuse case included a mother who forced her children to eat feces, locked them in a suitcase for three days, letting them out for only brief periods, repeatedly beat, whipped, and shook them, burnt their hands, and gave them freezing showers. The abusive mother mother and the educators also poured salt on the burn wounds of one of the children, stuffing his mouth with a skull cap and sealing it with masking tape. You know, you put the kid in a suitcase for three days, you could send him off to a Muslim camp, I hear. Right? It's, you know, that's terrible. Because they sit, they sit in the, you basically just sit in the suitcase for three days, and then you suddenly, that's how long it takes the plane to get there anyway. Well, so. the, the problem is the upcharge for the baggage. You know, you yeah. put it on there. Yeah. Like, ah. It's expensive. Like, what are you? You're going to charge me $100 for this bag? No, over the 50-pound limit. Like, oh, wait a minute. What if I beat the kid in it? What if I light him on right. fire? We've been making him eat a lot of poo. Maybe Yeah. Maybe oh, he's no. gained a lot of poo weight. Like, it's like water weight, but poo instead. Handicap kids go free. Give me the hammer. <laughs> oh, Hang on a minute. <laughs> I can solve this problem. Oh, no. Again, when all you've got to hammer. Oh, man. I mean, what a terrible fucking, what a terrible person. But, you, I mean, look at this, like, 
this guy thought he was getting rid of devils. Yeah. And, and, and part of me has to say, if you really think that there's, I mean, fucking, if there were actually demons, not like I think there's demons or I believe there's demons, but like, look out the window and like a demon is getting your mail. And you're like, fuck, that was my mail. And like, demon like scampers off. Like, ha ha ha. Yeah. If they were actually fucking Satan. Actually, that wouldn't be so bad. I mean, they sound happy the way you describe them. Yeah, but they like take your like food and wine magazine. You're like, fuck, that was the. They're like little jocular little demons. I don't mind jocular demons. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. You know, but if we lived in that world, if we lived in a world of, of monsters and sharp teeth and devils and demons, then that would be one thing. Like, it, it would really be. If we lived in a horror movie. Where you had to fight for your survival every day against monsters that invaded your body and attacked your sure, soul. Sure, like if you're Lou Angle, right. basically, is what you're saying. <laughs> but that's not a world that we live in. Like, you've got to get rid of these myths. You've got to get yeah. rid of this demon myth. The demon yeah. myth is, is unbelievably violent, and it just... It just yields more violence. In a way, I think you're, you know, there's, there's got to be something in what you're saying. I mean, why would you spend your life worrying about this sort of thing or spreading it around? And, I, and you know, the obvious reason is that it's fear, right? I want to scare you into believing something so that you will then follow my dictates, whatever those are. And I remember being terrified of the rapture as a child uh you know all the way up until my teen years i was terrified of the rapture and that sort of thing is made to make you afraid it's it, and you are afraid so you don't do things that fall outside of that realm of thinking whatever that is and in my case it was biblical values the biblical values you don't you don't you don't exit those biblical values because you are afraid that you would be Everyone else would be raptured and you would be stuck here. So you've got to be a godly person in order to make sure that that doesn't happen to you. And the uh, the scenarios that go along with the rapture are horrifying. I mean, they're horrifying. It's like, you know, like demons living on Earth and, you know, all this awful shit. And, you know, basically what this guy did to these kids was your life in the rapture. Right. But this guy just he doesn't wait for the rapture. He just I mean, he just basically puts these kids through hell because he's afraid. You know, he has been told about this and he believes this deeply. He's probably, you know, obviously the guy's a nut, right? The guy is a nut. But you're basically feeding him stories that he can act on. And that's the scary thing, right? It's not, you know, God loves you and everything's great. They're not hearing those stories. And what's up with Jews anyway? Don't they don't believe in the devil and the fucking hell and all that? I thought Jews didn't believe in I, that I stuff. thought the same thing. I thought they, well, I don't know. Is there a devil in the Old Testament? Is there Satan even? I don't honestly I don't know. know. Some, hey, Jew listeners, send us a, a message yeah. and let us know if there's a Satan in the Jewish philosophy. I, From what I've talked to of people that are Jewish, I I had thought I remembered hearing them saying that there isn't an afterlife or there's an, there's an afterlife, but it's totally different than the sort of fluffy golden road, God loves you, everything's awesome except for all your relatives are burning in eternal torment sort of afterlife. Yeah, that's actually – that's not real appealing, is it? It's like – No, it's not. Well, you're supposed to forget them, right? Like that's the thing. Oh, you like, just oh, forget that. Forget so you get, you get fucking mind wiped when you get up well, there? Well, one, one of the explanations I've heard is like, well, if you're in pure bliss, you don't think about anything else is what they said. So, so. heaven is unbelievably selfish. I sure like you get there through altruism. No, here's the thing: heaven isn't real. Right, but I'm so. just saying, like, <laughs> but in that, like, it's so funny because, like, like you have to get there through altruism right. so that you can achieve 
pure selfishness. Like right. pure unadul- unadulterated like me time. Like that's your me I'll time. Be honest, like, to be honest though, that makes the most sense though. I mean if you're thinking about it in this in this sense, it's like, you know, you have this testing period on earth where you have to do all the things that, that make you into a good person. But then afterwards you get rewarded. And that would that would at least be logically yeah, consistent, right. I guess, in some way. As logically consistent as you can get. Yeah. Right, with this, with magic, with a magic world. One popular thing to do in American politics is to note that the summers in the United States over the past few years have been very warm. As a result, global warming must be real. What's wrong with this reasoning? It's only gone up 0.6 degrees. Yeah, it's not really a big problem, is it? No, I don't think that it's going to hurt us. So this comes from rawstory.com. Belief in biblical end times stifling climate change action in U.S., says study. Um, big fucking shocker. Uh, this is – we've talked about this, Cecil. The, what would be the advantage to fixing a world you don't think is going to make it that long anyway? Like we've talked on this show about being like stewards of, of the planet and trying to be good stewards of the planet and taking responsibility – me, you seriously, I mean, why not make Indians cry every day? Just fucking chuck litter out of your car. Who cares? Like, burn oil just in your backyard for kicks. The end is not. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I don't know why people don't do it any. I mean, like, it, make, it would make sense that that's why they would do it. That would make sense to me that, that that's, that's how they would treat the world because, you know, I mean, look, the, the, the God is the one who decides that things are done. You know what I mean? Like it's if you basically have a Jesus take the wheel fucking outlook on life, then why would this this does not surprise me in the least that people think this, that people would basically look at the world and say, hey, man, it's not in my hands. I mean, I, I, I know for a fact that there's people out there that that think this. And, and what this does is it allows people to live in the moment and not have to have a forward looking view of the future. And so that means that they can get as many profits as they can right now without changing anything. I mean, right. look at look at how we do things. Like technologically, look at how we do things. We could, I bet, have very good uh, uh, modes of transportation, even personal modes of transportation, that would not be nearly as bad as driving cars around. But we just don't do it because it's not. It's just inefficient. Cost-wise, it's not inefficient any other way. I mean, it would make more sense, and you know, we wouldn't have to drill as much or whatever. But there's just there's just a system in place that has a lot of people that are employed and a lot of people making a lot of money. So there just doesn't need to be a way in which to change it. And this sort of worldview um, is another thing, another layer on top of that. So suddenly you have the people in there that are you know pure profit hogs and that's all they want is just the profit and they're going to decry global warming any way they can and one of the ways that they can is to convince all the religious people that hey guess what you know god wants this too you know i mean wouldn't you manipulate what god has to say or at least show people what god has to say about the world if you were making a shit ton of profits off it it would make sense yeah i mean why not i mean and, and if you think that way then the earth is disposable it's a fucking dixie cup you know, who cares? It, it's seriously, it's a disposable right. thing. It's, it's absolutely. It's, it's a used condom. It's of no. The earth as a thing, as a as a as a as a really as a resource. If you think, if you have an end times mentality, it's not even valuable. 
it is of no value. It it's 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 short lived in duration. Its time is almost up. But I gotta ask, like I mean, and I'm, I don't mean this shitty. Like I'm being serious. Like why would you have kids if you thought this? I yeah, I always wonder that too. Wouldn't you just be like, I'm not doing that. I'm not gonna break. And if you do have kids, because these people like. They seem to believe that they live on a Dixie cup in space, right? That they don't care about, that they don't want to treat well. The earth, you know, all this shit is just going to come to an end anyway. Wouldn't having children be an unbelievably cruel and kind of shitty thing to do? Like, yeah, I'm going to have kids. Why? I don't know. So they can fucking live through the end time. Seemed like a good plan. What? What? That's all. What would you want? Yeah, there's going to be fucking pestilence and disease and, you know, fucking fire raining down. And I don't know, like scorpions that sting you from the sky. Right. Yeah, it's just it's going to be I mean, like the Internet's going to be slow. It's going to be every it's going to be the worst thing ever. My porn will come up like a section of a time. Just, it's, like it's like old timey downloads yeah. where you're just like, I think I saw a nipple. There's a nipple. It's just like 14, four bawd modems. Just like, oh, uh, what, what, what? It's, I mean, seriously, it's just, it's like the worst possible, and you think this is all happening. Like, you're just like, hey, all the coral reefs are dying. Fuck them. I don't care. The whole earth is just going to catch on fire soon anyway, and all the people are going to be voiped up to heaven, and those that aren't are going to live in pestilence and misery and disease. Let's have a baby. Yeah, I, you know, and that's, and that's, uh, that's an interesting thing. I think the reason why there's, that they would do something like that is because, you know, like they would read in the Bible, like you have to be fruitful and you have to go out and multiply and you have to go cleave onto a woman and all those little passages that they find that represent, uh, the monogamous relationships that the Bible reinforces along with the, uh, the child rearing that the Bible reinforces as well. So, you know, it's all in the Bible. Those things are in the Bible. But when you think about it, you're like, oh, wait. I'm going to go out and and find somebody that I love and I'm going to fall in love with them and they could possibly not come with me. So I'm going to have to witness that, you know, that moment of them not coming with me when I get voiped up to heaven. Then I also have to see my kids who may or may not be assholes and not go with me too. Yeah, right. And and how do you enjoy anything? You know, how do you enjoy any part of your time on earth? Like, can you imagine, like, going to the Grand Canyon being like, oh, isn't it beautiful and majestic? And you're like, mm, who cares? It's a big crack and a giant I ball think, of dirt. I think you got you to gotta shut your brain off. Yeah. I really think – I mean, I think, I think you shut your brain off and only think about those things when you want to feel self-righteous. Yeah, probably. Because otherwise, like, you know, atheism is often accused of being nihilistic. But this seems – it seems more insanely so. Insanely nihilistic, yeah. yeah. It's unnihilistic because it's all getting nihilistic. nihilistic. I like that. If you read that chilling book, uh, 1984, George Orwell, it was a shocker when it was published. Now people kind of take it for granted. But think what would happen when you wake up in the morning, there's a camera, watches what you do, you walk out of your home, you have to log into some kind of a box that tells where you are at what time you started your day. Uh, and then do you get on a bus? Do you get in your car? What, what do you do? And what do you do during the day when you get to your office, you punch another button, you log in? All the time you're under surveillance. Every time you move, when is there freedom? Well, there is no freedom, and that was the whole premise of 1984. There came a time when, quote, Big Brother monitored everything. We're coming to that now. It's not a pleasant situation. 
But this is what the Bible talks about when it says you can't buy or sell without the mark of the beast. You, you, you have to be part of that world system. And a few and very, very few can escape because right now they can go down into the bush in the darkest Africa and hunt you down. So the, the, you say, well, we're going to feel secure. Secure from whom? And I think the American people are more afraid of the overreach of big government than they are some occasional bomber. Even if the bomber kills a few people, they, they would still uh, rather have their freedom <clears throat> than to have Big Brother in constant surveillance. So we're going to end the week's story segment, of course, with Pat Robertson. Pat Robertson is becoming a regular on this program. Uh, security cameras ushering in end times and mark of the beast. So says Pat Robertson, who is, I think, referring to daguerreotypes. He's not really familiar with actual cameras at this point. He's, he's, he's trying to, like, hold very still for the photographer, you know. He's got, like, a pinhole <laughs> and, like, silver nitrate on a piece of wood. One of those guys is, like, underneath the big drape taking his picture, you know, and he's got the thing yeah. in his one hand. And Hold on, yeah. sir. We'll have this developed in a fortnight for you. He, like, lights it on fire, and then Pat Robertson's face is all, like, completely <laughs> charred afterwards. Like one of those guys from, like, the 1940s fedora, like, journalist. Like, <laughs> yeah, Shane. Want to take your picture, Pat? Yeah. Um, but he took issues with plans to expand the use of surveillance cameras, um, saying that uh, we're approaching a time with no freedom and talking about 1984, which is the last year he can clearly remember. <laughs> I thought that was his age. <laughs> oh, what I think he's talking about, because he's like, uh, you know, these cameras are going to be ushering in the mark of the beast. I think he's seeing like a little logo in the corner, and he's thinking it's the watermark of the, the beast. Watermark of the beast. <laughs> he's, he's not sure, but he thinks that it's the watermark. You know, I understand what Pat's getting at here. I understand. And I, you know, for once, I kind of agree with him. I think, you know, man, I don't want to see... Uh, you know, somebody in my home making me check in. Although at one point he's like, you're going to have to go to work and check in. I'm like, I already kind of do that. Like if I have to, t if I have to punch in, I already do that. Like if you have a job where you actually punch a clock, like you already do those sorts of things anyway. So the idea that, you know, like you're going to have to go to your job and punch in, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, a lot of people do that. Um, but where he's like, you get up and you basically log in and you go somewhere, you know, yeah, I do. I do. I like it when the government keeps tabs on me through my electronic devices. No, I don't like that at all. I think it's a bad idea. Do I like like it when uh, you know I'm in my private house and they can tell where I'm going on the internet or who I'm talking to or listen to my phone or you know have a camera that's viewing me somehow. No, of course I don't like it. But you don't need to scare me by saying it's the devil. You could just say, "Hey, they're doing these things," and that's a bad thing. You don't have to tell me it's a devil. I don't care. Fucking the devil. The devil fucking makes it irrelevant. Then, like if it's, if it's a person, I'm afraid. If it's the devil, it's a myth, motherfucker. Yeah, I know, right? It's like. It's like, we've got a real problem. Let's make it silly so nobody pays attention. Yeah, right. It, that's, yeah, you're, you're a nut. Pat Robertson, you're just a fucking nut. And, and I, you know, Cece, you, you do make a good point. Like, there, there's, there's a lot of surveillance. We talked about surveillance, I think, last week. And, yeah. you know, there's a big difference between public and private surveillance and what you and I, I think, um, expect. And, and there's a difference between what we expect and what we approve. But 
Pat Robertson here is is trying to equate that with, you know, he's he's doing that thing that they all do that they've been doing for, you know, about two thousand years or so, which is to look around, point to something that's changing because societies and technology are always changing, decide that it's bad, and then tell you why it fulfills a prophecy. Right. right. Why it? Yeah, exactly. And and we're constantly fulfilling prophecies. We've been fulfilling biblical prophecies for two thousand fucking years, and nothing has happened. Not one single thing. Not one thing. Like even if you think that we we nailed a dude to some sticks and that happened, and then he got up and walked around and chatted with Thomas, and then you know voiped himself into heaven or whatever, it. Even if you think all that stuff was a real, um, nothing's happened for 2,000 years. But we're fulfilling prophecies every week. We're just constantly, like they're fucking scratching wins. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like fucking, it's like, you know, you're playing a matching game. Right. You have, you know, you, you have a list of current events and those are A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And then you have slots next to all your prophecies. A, and then you just basically fill in your prophecies next to them where they kind of fit. Right. We're like, well, this one kind of quasi fits in there. So you know what? This one fulfills this prophecy. It's apocalypse well, it's bingo. Bullshit. It's exactly it. You just, <laughs> can I get a fucking uh, Mark of the Beasts uh, I-61? Right. You know what I mean? Like, like that's what it is. And it's just it's it's ludicrous that he's that he's tacking this on to this portion. I mean, it, you know, you can he and sometimes he doesn't talk about religion. Sometimes he just talks about politics. You know, why not keep this in the pol- political realm? Why do you, you don't have to scare people with, you know, someone taking their rights away? You know, I I agree with him. He even says one point. He's like, we shouldn't be giving up our rights to think that we're going to be more safe against bombings and things like that. I'm like, fucking yes, yes Pat. Right. I agree with you. Right. I agree with you, you old freaky weird dude. <laughs> I agree that yes, I don't want to give up any of my rights because of some sort of irrational fears. But you know what? You're basically trying to get rid of people's rights for an irrational fear in God. Right. You know, Cecil, I don't want to give up my rights for rational fears. I don't like exactly. when you when you start you're like, hey, um, you want to give up some of your rights? Like, nope. Don't Not you want to really. hear what you get returned? Do I lose rights? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> like, what did I win? I didn't win anything. Do, like, can I fly? Because if yeah, the answer is no, yeah, like it's it, you know, it's like, well, well, we're gonna have surveillance in your house, but you can be invisible. Okay. Yeah. Rokey dokey. I got yeah. no problem there. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Or it's like, we're going to take away one right, but we're going to give you all the rights back. Okay, I'm fine yeah. with that. <laughs> so we didn't get a lot of voicemail this time. We only got one, and it's Steve, the tow truck driver. So I'm going to play it for you now. Hey, glory hole, guys. Hey, this is Steve, the tow truck driver. I called you guys a couple months back. I called you a few times. But I just wanted to let you know, after all that stuff I talked about being motivated to start my own podcast, I did it. I'm on my eighth episode now. So just letting you know, it worked out for me. Uh, you guys mentioned that, you know, if I wanted to plug it, I could. It's Blue Collar Heathen, the name of the podcast. It's on Blog Talk Radio. It's awesome. You guys are doing an awesome job still. I listen to you every week, no matter what. Thanks. Keep up the good work. Steve has a podcast called The Blue Collar Heathens, so if you want to hear uh, Steve's podcast, be sure to check them out 
Uh, Steve, we're glad you started a podcast. It's on Blog Talk Radio, um, so you can go ahead and find Steve's podcast. If you want to post that to the Facebook page, feel free. Uh, that way people can probably find it a little easier. And everybody who uh, shares Steve's podcast will get a free towing, he said. Yeah. He'll, <laughs> he'll tow your car, but he'll, he won't charge you for it. I also I wanted to mention um, somebody I've been talking to on Twitter. Project Archivist has been uh, having conversations with me on Twitter, and I got a chance to listen to two of their shows. Um I you know I I did like it I I guess when I was talking to them or when they were talking around us at one point they were saying something about being true believers so I don't know exactly where they fit on any of the spectrums of skeptic or atheist but I I, I listened to two of their shows one of them was uh, just sort of a show about weird news and another one was about serial killers and you know how they reminded me most uh, they were especially during the serial killers episode they reminded me a lot of caustic soda so I think if you're a fan of that podcast you might find uh, that you like Project Archivist as well, so uh, I would check them out. They were it, it was it was definitely worth listening to those two episodes that I listened to. So uh, so give them a listen. We got some donations this week, Tom. We wound up getting a donation from Taisha, one from David, one from Sean, and one from Terry. And Sean left us a note and said, "Thanks, guys. I'm a 47 year old mother of three school age kids, married to a believer. Your irreverence helps me through when everyone around me seems to be insane and helps me inoculate my kids against the crazy. So thank you uh, to everybody who donated and uh, and we're always happy to uh, to receive your generous donations and uh, and thanks for making TAM possible for us this year. Absolutely. Thank you guys very much. We do appreciate it. We got uh, an email from uh, from William and William says... I just want to let you know that not all chiropractors believe the shit that you hear from the old school chiropractors. That philosophy was the original premise of chiropractic. Much like the religions of old, people refuse to let go of the past, despite the fact that there is no definitive evidence that supports the theory. So I just wanted to make make you aware that there are no chiropractor that there are chiropractors out there who believe that adjustment has no impact on hangnails, testicular torsion. I love that word, <laughs> or any other visceral issue. But the uh, but use the manipulation to reduce back pain. So yes, we did know that chiropractors out there did uh, did do this, uh, and there are chiropractors who do believe in this. So we're very happy that you uh, believe in this sort of thing, and we are happy that there is uh, there is a voice for you out there. And I would say, and if you have, if there's a website, uh, will of these things somewhere out there uh, that sort of collects people that don't believe this nonsense. Feel free to send it to us and we will post it on our page Absolutely. to let people yeah. know that there are chiropractors out there who don't believe that these chiro- – that the, the you know and all the sort of holistic stuff, they just think that they're there to reduce back pain. We'll, we'll happily share a website that's based on that. Yeah, it would be great to help listeners find somebody who can you know, help them with back pain without trying to you know, teach them that their uh, energies have all been realigned sure. and their you know, subluxations have disappeared and all that. They have to sit in a, like a fucking deprivation tank or right. something, you know, like some weird shit. We got an email from Emily who sent us two videos about the camel hump hajib, which I guess uh, women are wearing their hair up in beehives and using bumpets to make their, their hajibs bigger. And somebody went out of their way to like oh, this really crazy guy, like a really crazy guy made a video about how they shouldn't be doing this. So we watched the video. 
The video is very funny. Um, we'll wind up sharing it uh, in this episode uh, on the notes. So if you check out the notes for this episode, you could watch this video. And it's like two minutes of some guy talking. And then there's like another minute of just women in like headscarves which is, with like music behind it. And also the guy – one of the things that really bothers me about this video is there's like a chanting going on while the guy's talking. So you can't really hear what he has to say. There's like this – confusion between it's like don't you know how to score anything you just put chanting underneath that's actually the hate just bleeding through like it damages the audio quality hey can you imagine being so uptight that you've already wrapped women up in a headscarf and then you're like whoa whoa now you're putting shit under the headscarf that makes you you look like you got a bumpy head oh no Oh, no, you You're going to go to hell for a bumpy. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, you get all the way through, like, a pious life. You wear the fucking scarf. You're, you know, go through all that rigmarole. And you get up to the fucking Islamic version of the pearly gates. And you're like, hmm, no bumpets allowed, bitch. Back to hell with you. Ah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> to the bumpets. <laughs> I got to read. I got to read the PSs yeah. here. So she says, PS, glory hole. Then she says, PPS. I just realized you guys should probably not watch the first one since it's quote for women only and maybe Allah peace and his blessings be upon him or some shit I love that might strike you down or turn you into a lady and make you guzzle his holy eggnog (laughs) and then she puts PPPS I just grossed myself out you're not the only one Emily yeah Yeah. no you, you, you successfully grossed us out too we got an email from Esme, and Esme included a uh, a video of her talking. She basically asked us two questions, um, and since it's a video, I didn't really feel like converting the audio, so I'm not going to do it. Um, but we're going to talk about her two questions. Uh, her two questions. The first one was she she said, "Why don't you guys dedicate a little bit of time to the woman who was married to one of the Boston bombers?" Um, and she also said that eggnog sucks and you basically uh you would need to have had half your face burn off in a chemical fire in order to actually appreciate eggnog and i agree wholeheartedly about the eggnog and i think tom can probably address better why we didn't uh cover the uh the boston bombings you know i i thought about tweeting the stories and 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 commenting on them on facebook and we you know going through and talking about them on the show but um i avoided the the whole boston bombing um, because it was so saturated, you you know what does Cecil and I have to add to this? Um, you know the the claims that I heard uh, that that the bombings were motivated by an attempt to defend Islam um, against uh, you know being defiled and defamed by uh, by America. Um, it certainly fits, I guess. It fits with what we normally talk about, but you've already heard so much about it. You've already been inundated. For, you know, a solid week everywhere you turn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This isn't a place where you're going to get something new. And, you know, I just I just feel like you got to respect that and back off and say, I'm not going to be one more voice adding to the pandemonium. And I didn't want to do that. So I I really kind of avoided that. And I avoided uh, talking about the spouse of one of the bombers who converted to Islam because I I I never read a, a definitive article or interview or. I mean, I, I read a lot of speculation. I read a lot of interviews of interviews, but I didn't read anything that that felt solid enough for such a serious topic, you know, um, to really come at that and feel good about coming at that topic. So that's why we avoided it. Bradley uh, says he just joined Twitter and he was wondering who he should follow 
uh, and uh, and who's worth following. Um, you know, Bradley, I guess it's really just sort of who who you really want to go up and 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 search out. I think you know. Following podcasts is nice if you're on Twitter a lot because then you can see when they, you know, for us, you get a chance to see what what stories we post and then also when we post an episode. Um, I find, you know, to be honest, I'll tell you one person you should follow because I think he's fucking hilarious is George Rabb. His tweets are very funny. He's really good at puns and one-liners, and he does a good job of being very funny in 140 characters. Another person who I think is really funny is Zach Braff. He was in that Garden yeah, State was, movie. Yeah. Um, but he's actually a really funny guy on Twitter. Like he has some very funny tweets. So if you're interested in funny, those would be my two choices to find. And there's a lot of other people. I think Sarah Silverman is somebody else who's very funny on Twitter. So uh, so I would search those people out. But if you're looking for news and stuff, there's plenty. There's a million people that tweet news things. So we're just one of those people, but there's a million people that tweet news. I mean, uh, you know, go for the big dogs if you're going to go for the news ones. I mean, follow Hemant or um, Friendly Atheist blog if you want to get a ton of atheist news. That's a great one to follow. Tom, we're going to read an email here. This is from Deborah. Um, Deborah says, uh, Dear Cecil and Tom, some months ago you mentioned Ted Haggard and how he was caught with a tranny. I'm right in the middle of your April 29th episode, and I have to stop it right in the middle when you again mention Ted Haggard with a tranny. Now, I know you're supportive of transgender people, and I've also heard you help raise money for someone in that situation, but the word tranny is absolutely offensive and hurtful to these people. As a mother of a trans daughter, I see firsthand how a comment like this can absolutely devastate her and inflict pain for no reason other than to ridicule someone who's different. I've been a loyal listener for years and look forward to each episode. I could swear you both under the table and don't believe in censoring speech, but I also don't believe in being mean either. This word is on the same level with nigger, in my opinion, and I don't remember you ever saying that. You guys are always on the compassionate and fair side of things, so I'm thinking that you didn't mean it any way other than a joke. I'm hoping you don't laugh this letter off as a crazy, offended listener, but realize that I'm a very scared mother of a child who has a condition with a 41% fatality rate. I'm compelled to fight for her when I hear things like this. Thank you. So I had no idea that tranny was an offensive term. I really didn't. I I, I'm with you on this one. I, I guess I hadn't considered because I, for me, it's so close to trans. Right. I, I mean, when you you called you called your daughter trans, and then we said tranny. It's like it's almost like saying like you're a little trans. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like I, you're not a big one. It's like hey, tranny. You know, like I mean, it just doesn't feel to me. It doesn't feel offensive. And I and I certainly in no way meant it in any. I mean, I, I'm sure I was the one who said it. Um, I meant it in no way meant it to be offensive. Uh, we're just I we don't we don't think if you, if you listen to this podcast and you thought it should be, it was offensive in any way, you haven't been listening to our show. Right. Yeah, there's no malice behind uh, that. Yeah, uh, we, we'll try to avoid it in the future. I can't promise anything. I, I will I will you know preface it by saying that I don't I don't dislike transgender people at all and i don't dislike homosexuals i think we we've established that (laughs) abundantly on this show um i think that what you know when when we were talking specifically about this i think it's pertinent to mention that he was with a transsexual because uh you know he was so adamantly against homosexuals and transsexuals and those sorts of things that he that him being a hypocrite is the part of the story that's important it doesn't matter whether he was a homosexual or a transsexual he thinks a lot of things are deviant so anything that he thought was deviant would have been fair game if he was with it right and there there was absolutely no offense man if if the word slips out again it's just because it doesn't occur to either of us 
you know, like you compared it to to the uh, to, to saying nigger. I mean, I wouldn't say that's that's a word that's not in my vocabulary. I feel uncomfortable reading it. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't say that word either. But but again, I don't think I think when people say people again use that word, people say you know you would never say nigger, but understand that that is a that is they're in. Uh, in African-American culture and black culture in the United States, that is a word that is used constantly. I mean it is used – you cannot turn a rap song on and not hear that word. It is in – it is entrenched in society at this point and people pretend it doesn't exist. And that's – you know, I even feel a little uncomfortable saying it but I mean, but, but, I mean really, truly – People pretend that word doesn't exist, and you're like, no, that that word exists all over the place. I have on my, I could probably play you a playlist off my phone right now that would not stop until tomorrow morning that uses that word in every song. Yeah, that that, that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me at all. I, you know, if if it's a word that is um, crazy offensive, um, I'm I'm a big proponent of uh, you know marginalized groups reappropriating hateful yeah. terms. And taking yeah. those terms back, I, I believe language is deeply important. I, I believe that it is, and uh, I, I think that that is an important and powerful thing that marginalized groups can do um, to take those words um, and to, to reappropriate them and to reinvest power from the subculture and from the marginalized group into those words that have been used um, in a hateful way uh, against that group. Um, but again, this isn't an excuse. We just just flat out didn't know. Yeah, I just didn't know, and I, and I, I don't, I don't think I'll try to avoid it in the future. I'll try to avoid using it in the future. But this is the first I've ever heard anybody say that that right. is a a hateful hate speech term. Um, because to me, it's so close to transgender that it it almost feels like it almost feels like you might want to change transgender to something completely different. Then we got an email from Eric. Uh, and Eric's email is funny. I'm just going to read the whole thing. He says, Dear Cognizance, I was going to send you an email just saying glory hole until it, I thought it over and realized that for any reason in the future that someone might go over my emails trying to piece together what kind of person I am, I wouldn't want them to come across an email that just contains the word glory hole. Now that that's out of the way, glory hole. <laughs> this reminded me of that that old like, you know, your, your dying words are like, you know, erase my browser history. <laughs> <laughs> Your dying words are rosebud. Ours are going to be glory. <laughs> uh, we got an email from Daryl who sent us. Uh, I guess that there's um, a glory hole in the UK, and there's a there's an image, a couple images. I'll put them with this uh, particular episode. So check out this episode on our website, dissonancepod.com. It'll be episode ninety nine. Uh, we'll put these two images along with these uh, this this show. But it says, you know, there's an actual, what looks like a tunnel in the wall, like in a canal, and then there's a, a sign over it that says "Glory Hole." He says this is in the UK, but I don't think it is because it would say "Ye Old." I think, <laughs> I think it would be like "Ye Old Glory Hole." I don't think it would say "The." No, it, it definitely is because when I read it, I read it with an accent. Oh, did yeah, you? Okay. So, um, yeah. I particularly like that the uh, the bird shit around the Glory Hole sign kind of. Lends it an authenticity, <laughs> shall we it say? It certainly does. Yeah. It's certainly an action does. shot. Let's just <laughs> nobody cleans up like that. We got an email from Susan, and Susan says, "Can you please give us a shout out with this blog?" And we'll put the link on our on our website. It's Glorilla Skepticism and on Wikipedia.blogspot.com. I will put this on our website. I will say, Susan, if you're ever going to send us anything like this to to 
uh, tailor it to us. So say, hey, guys, or hey, Tom and Cecil at Cognitive Dissonance. I would not address it in the future to undisclosed recipients <laughs> <laughs> because that to me seems like maybe you might have sent that to a bunch of people. I wasn't feeling and, warm uh, fuzzies. Yeah, yeah I, didn't, I didn't feel like, you know, maybe you were even a listener of this show <laughs> when you said this. So if you could just say next time, hey, Tom and Cecil, and have it be directed to us, we would be happy to plug anything. But I will tell you that anything that comes from comes to undisclosed recipients in the future probably will not be plugged. Tom, uh, we got an email from Alan who talks about Bill Donahue, which I thought was great. Yeah, he says, uh, Bill Donahue seemed very proud of the fact that most child molesting priests weren't actually pedophiles, in his words, but only guilty of abusing children who had achieved puberty. Doesn't that make you feel better about the Catholic Church scandals? That's aim a, high. Yeah, it, it, it's aim awesome. high. Yeah. yeah, aim high, priests. What a guy. You know, aim high. Hey, these, there was... No, literally aim. You got to aim, aim high, high because right, you, know, yeah, short, you got to yeah. aim higher because they've reached their past puberty now. When you aim lower because they were, you know, a lot smaller before. Well, you remember so. like Psalm thirteen nine. Um, if there's hair on the field, play ball. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean yeah, that's right in there. That's, that's that's, right in there. Right. I think that's not in the, the Bible. David asks us. David says. Um, David's from New Jersey, by the way, and he says. Tom and Cecil Glory Hole, would you guys consider putting all the submissions of the Muslim call to prayer in one podcast file for download? I thought they were hilarious, and it would be nice to have access to them in all in one place instead of at the end of a handful of episodes. Yeah, feel free to do that. Uh, we just, uh, I just don't really have the time to go through those episodes and pull out all that stuff. But if anybody p- puts it together and sends me the MP3 file, I'll be more than happy to host it. I, I've already put like three or four hours worth of mixing into the show a week. I'm not going to spend time going back and 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 doing it. I just don't. I just don't have the time to do it. I actually do another podcast, um, Double Leg Radio. I wind up doing that on Mondays, and I wind up mixing that show too. So it's there's just too much on my plate at this point. So if you if somebody else feels like they want to do it, I will absolutely post it. Um, we got an email, and we can't really talk uh, much about the email. The email had a lot of abuse in it um, and uh, and religious indoctrination. And uh, the gist of the email was basically a, a deconversion story uh, that someone had put together. And, uh, and uh, she had sent it once, and then we didn't respond, and then she sent it again. Um, we... We will read all the deconversion stories that get sent to us, but uh, one of the things about the show is that we really this really isn't a place for people to share their stories. We don't have this isn't the medium for that. There's plenty of podcasts out there that do it. Um, we just don't. We just this isn't that's sort of not what the show is based on. The show is based on news and and lots of jokes and things and really heartfelt stories about your life. Um, they're hard sometimes to fit into the theme of the show. Um, but Tom had a really great idea, which we're going to follow through on. Um, I'm going to actually create, and it should be created by the time the show goes up. There'll be a tab on our website um, that's just going to be called Deconversion Stories. And uh, and what we're going to do is make a blog post, the one blog post that just says share your stories here. And you can feel free to log into our website. You don't have to be a user. You could leave your story anonymously and share your story with other people. And if you're interested, you can go there. Type out your story about how you, you know, became uh, a, an atheist or an agnostic, or uh, or even just a, a you, you sort of lost your religion, or how you became skeptical, and uh, and leave that story for other people to, to read. And that way, we can share those stories. We'll have a, a venue in which to share those stories that isn't the podcast um, and isn't us reading them aloud. Especially because a lot of these stories, we get many stories like this, and most people will say, "Can I please remain anonymous?" or "Don't read all the story." This gives you a chance to share this and also 
can uh, basically leave what you want to share with other people. Yeah, and it's not that we don't um, appreciate your your emails no, and what no. have you. I mean, that's not the case. It's just um, when, when you get something that's that's so personal and so heartfelt. Um, you, you know, when we address it, we both I think feel like we want to be respectful and we want to you know honor the the the, uh, the wishes of a person to remain anonymous. And so, if you don't get a response, it's not because we didn't appreciate it or read it. Um, that's always I mean, we we read every email. Um, we appreciate everything from all of our listeners, but sometimes we frankly just don't know what to say in return. Yeah, and we don't know that we're going to give it do it justice. You know, I right. mean, if we just read it. You know what? We're not. We might not have anything to say about it. I know that. You know, to be honest, I, your your story was heartbreaking. But I, there's, I I don't relate. I can't relate to a lot of the things that happened to you. So I don't. I mean, I really don't have anything that I can add to that other than to say, you know, good luck. Right. We got an email from uh, Jonathan who said. Um, I have some unfortunate news for you both. I started listening to your podcast a few months ago, and I'm now caught up. Well, it's good of you to have a back catalog of so many episodes. He spelled catalog wrong, Tom. Uh, I, I have now uh, exhausted them. He spelled it with a U. That's, That's why yeah, that it, should it's be totally illegal. wrong. Um, I now, uh, he says, I listen to uh, three or four episodes a week. Please increase your production rate to match. I understand that this will be added work for both of you, but I ha- uh, having listened to your show, uh, I know that both of you have nothing better to do with your time. Yeah, absolutely. We're totally going to up our uh, production schedule to three or four episodes a week the moment you donate $200,000 to the, to the <laughs> maintenance fund. Then Tom and I can quit our jobs for a year and just basically produce podcasts of course you're going to have to donate two hundred thousand dollars every year oh yeah that's a rotating thing yeah um, yeah so i mean i mean more than welcome more than willing so jonathan um if you want to start that kickstarter up or if you just have it in your personal account feel free to send that right on over and, and we'll, <laughs> we'll get started on three to four episodes a week hell we'll do five episodes a week you, you know? know i would go so far as to say i'd put in a good 30 40 hours a week yeah, you sure. Know. 30, 40 which, hours a week. Which translates, Cecil, to you to 120 hours a Yeah, week. I would have to do a lot You'd of You'd have a lot of mixing. Work. Yeah. 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 Uh, we actually normally don't mention a lot of these, but we did get a post, a comment on our blog on the About the Hosts. Um, this is from Christian, and Christian says, um, although I said Christian, I have no idea if that's what he's saying. It's, a, it's X-T-I-A-N. Looks like Christian to me. Sure. Why um, not? Uh, hello from Beijing. My favorite podcast, doing my best uh, to increment the china the download count so great thank you for listening from china i had no idea we weren't blocked in china yeah i i figured we were actually uh the number one podcast in china because i didn't figure there were any podcasts in china yeah so (laughs) we got an email from rachel and uh rachel says um she says, after hearing about the girl who moved from the South to Boston and was much happier, I thought I'd add a few words of advice to atheists who live in the South uh, but can't sort of disappear and leave the South. So she leaves th- uh, three major pieces of advice. The first one is move as close as your wallet can uh, can afford to a large city, preferably one with a university in it. So that's a great piece of advice. Um, she says, use the Internet to seek out local atheist groups. And uh, she says, if you live too far away to join a group and can't move, I strongly suggest you join an online forum. She says at the bottom, moving north might might be cool, but I know there are a bunch of other people like me who'd rather chop off their own fingers than deal with the cold and snow and Yankee attitudes. <laughs> I love Yankee attitudes. <laughs> I just, I love the idea of a, like, you're still calling us Yankees. I don't even know what like a Yankee. You're still calling us Yankees. 
You're a Yankee Doodle Dandy. That's why. I am a Yankee Doodle Dandy. I, am, I, I, what is, I can tie it in a knot and a bow. Thank you very much. <laughs> what the fuck is a Yankee? <laughs> I don't even know. It's, it's like that. that it's, like, it's, it's like something you blow your nose in, right? Right. It's a Yankee. It's after the war of uh, northern aggression. Yeah. It's a candle. It's a candle. That's what it is. This is the best email we've got, I think, this week. This one wins, Tom. This is the winner. We got an email from uh, – this is from Preston. And Preston says, it's time to play Cognitive Dissonance Mad Libs. Don't feel like searching for news stories to cover the week. Not a problem. Simply use this generator, randomly create some unfortunately believable headlines. And so he basically created some Mad Lib headlines that I'm going to read for you now. So it's a, basically a program that I'm allowed – all I have to do is hit a button. He wrote a, a little – a little uh, exe file that all i have to do is hit a button and it reads a brand new uh brings up a brand new headline so i'm going to read you a few of these in our next story the american family association imprisoned an atheist for the crime of being an atheist <laughs> the next one is in our next story the american family association protested the funeral of a woman who wanted equal rights for the crime of exposing a pedophile a pedophilic priest in our next story, the NRA made a public statement attacking a homosexual person for the crime of voicing his or her opinion. <laughs> <laughs> they are ridiculously believable. They are believable. They're awesome. This is the last one. It says, in the next story, the Pope threw acid in the face of an innocent child for the crime of trying to vote. That's the winner right there. Thank you, Preston, for sending that to us. That is absolutely hilarious. I don't know if there's somewhere where you want to post that to other people, but he has like a little EXE file that runs on PC. Um, you uh, run it, and my Avast uh, virus database is like saying, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Are you sure you want to run this?" And like, yeah, I want to run it. So, um, so yeah, if you want to post that somewhere, Preston, I don't know where you could post it. Maybe on our Facebook page or something. So, if you trust Preston, uh, you could play with this uh, this little Mad Libs generator too. Very funny. I love the Pope throwing acid in a child's face yeah, as the child tries too. to vote. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> We uh, wanted to mention, too, now, along with the deconversion stories, there is a fact page up for uh, for cognitive dissonance. So if you have a frequently asked question that you think should be on that page, let us know. So, Tom, I mean, this wraps it up for this episode. It's going to be an episode 100 next week. And, you know, when we get Pat Robertson and we have uh, Muslim robo wars next week, um, I think it's going to be a really exciting episode. Yeah, I, I can't wait for the, you know, I, I want to find out what the uh, Muslim women in the robot wars are hiding under their bumpets. Yeah, that's where they hide the, the missile launchers. That's where they hide the rocket launchers. That's, that's what I hear. Secret weapons. That's a secret weapon. Well, it's not so secret anymore. Shh. Well, as usual, <laughs> we're going to leave you with the Skeptics' Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death in towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques, and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this.
The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council. Is cognitive dissonance. Every episode are you on we blast. Are you on the what? right mic? Because I'm hearing you through your speakers. Are you? Did you test your sound to see if you're on the right mic? My sound is on the right mic on the recording, but I'll I'll change it over for Skype too. Just you don't have to. Reset. I just I just you know I, I don't need it. I just want to make sure that you're on the right one. Cecil, you deserve the best audio quality. I Here's can the provide thing. For I just don't want to have to call I know, you again. I know. I know. <laughs> or send you I know. another message. I know. And I don't say, want that either. Tom, much there's you... another problem with your audio. Can... We have However... to re-record the entire goddamn show. However much you don't want to make that call, <laughs> I don't want to get that call. You just All don't right? want to get it. You just don't want to. You don't want to see that chat when you show up in the morning and you just look at it like the... Motherfucker, what I do now? <laughs> Damn it. At least if I got that chat, I'm working from home tomorrow, so it'd be like, oh, I can fix that yeah, instead well, of wait like. No, and not if you have to record the whole show. Oh, over. I would just record. I know. I remember everything I said. <laughs> you just remember it all. Put it uh, in and there. I remember all the pauses, so I could just, right. at any moment, like you, right now, if you were like, episode 66, go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could do it. Yeah, no. I, mean, I can't remember. This is cognitive dissonance. No, no. Right? But I can, I've got the entirety of our entire and catalog. The worst, worst case scenario, you could just listen to me and respond in time. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that would be so fucking have, funny. Have the conversation again. To be like pausing and be like, oh, he's laughing. I got to, I hope I said something. What did I, I say? Go back I in time. I got to think of something funny to say. Awkward silence. Okay, bad joke. Yeah. Really bad joke. <laughs> Awesome. It's all awkward silence. It's all awkward friends. silences. It's just an yeah. hour and a half of awkward silences. <laughs>